Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Welcome especially to new listeners who've joined in over the past few weeks so far during our COVID-19 series. We've talked about practical ways to manage our mental health, how to move through our emotions, how to get along at home, and how to hope in the midst of grief and uncertainty. And during the course of this series, I received an email from a listener in Indiana who said this, Hi, Kenzie, I am meeting with some girls from our church who are all engaged in planning to be married this summer. They are all concerned that COVID-19 will cancel their weddings. Do you have any suggestions or would you mind doing a podcast about possible wedding and wedding shower cancellations due to the pandemic? So that's the question and concern I'll be addressing today, as I know many brides and grooms-to-be who are facing this exact same situation. Thank you, listener in Indiana, for raising such a practical question, and one I know will resonate with so many others listening. I want to start by saying to any engaged couple that this is so tough, and rightly so. Engagement can often already be an exciting yet stressful time as you move toward becoming one and all that that means in terms of merging families and finances and navigating expectations of what home life or your sex life will be like. And when you add wedding planning on top of that, not only is it easy to place some of those most important things on the back burner, but it's easy to let wedding planning stress get the best of you or your relationships. And that's before you factor in the uncertainty of all the plans you've made thus far happening at all. So if this time feels tough to you, it's not as though it shouldn't be or as if you should know how to handle this better. The reality is it is tough. And that reality has nothing to do with you but everything to do with an unforeseen circumstance that may or may not affect your upcoming wedding day. So as you take that added pressure or responsibility or self-blame off of your plate, keep listening in as I apply the past few episodes of the Brave Marriage Podcast specifically to your situation. The first thing I would recommend that you do if you haven't already is acknowledge your sadness and grief like we talked about last week. In talking with engaged couples, I know there are so many mixed emotions about what may come of your wedding day. And that day the day you've maybe thought about or dreamt about your whole life. It's really a big deal. So whatever feelings come up as you think about having to postpone or having to do it differently than you thought you would, those emotions are deserving of attention. I was working with a Wedwell couple several weeks ago, and as we got into the session, it became clear that what this couple needed was just to pause and take some time to let this turn of events sink in to let themselves feel how they were feeling, to cry if they needed to, and just to share with each other all the things that they were feeling sad over, disappointed, worried, or anxious about. And I get it. There are many moving parts to try and keep track of from day to day or week to week, but the most important part to attune to is how you and your fiancé are doing mentally, emotionally, and relationally. You may have had plans set into motion for months now to suddenly have them change. So it's no small thing to feel disappointed or worried that your expectations for your wedding day may look very different. Allow yourself to feel that. 
to acknowledge your sadness, anger, or disappointment over the situation. And I've had some clients confuse their emotions by saying things to themselves like, well, I'm just making too big of a deal about this, especially when other people are in much harder situations. But when you minimize your experience like that, it doesn't help anyone who is in a harder situation, and it doesn't help you move through your feelings, which are perfectly valid given your situation, like we talked about in episode 92. And those of you for whom the jury is still out on whether or not your wedding will hold, that's an even more strange place to be in than those who've already had to cancel or come up with alternative plans. But hear me when I say it's no less valid. It's still okay to name your fears and losses. It's still okay to feel sad or frustrated that you're having to deal with this at all. Or to cry simply because you don't understand and you don't have the answers right now. The second thing I would recommend you do is over-communicate with your fiancé. I can only imagine how difficult this time is during your engagement. I know some couples who are in different places right now, having to communicate long distance. And I know some couples who are living under the same roof right now, with their parents and future in-laws. And in both instances, over-communication is key. It's important to talk about how you're feeling about the wedding, about your plans having to change, about your current situation, and about what you're both needing and wanting from each other during this time. You know, this pandemic really presents an opportunity for you two to figure out how to communicate around hard things. Now, hard things for you might mean asserting your opinion when everything in you wants to take a back seat to relieve your own internal discomfort. Or for someone else, hard things might mean expressing vulnerable emotions with your fiancé when you've never really been taught how to lean in and move toward someone when things get hard. Maybe you learned to rely on yourself over the years, and everything within you is telling you that that's safer. So whatever your hard thing is right now, and wherever you're finding it difficult to communicate, what I want you to know is that while keeping to your normal patterns of communication may feel safer, as in, why rock the boat more than it already is, right? But it's actually not safer, emotionally or relationally. Avoiding hard conversations right now is a means of self-protection. It's a way of staying comfortable where you are, rather than learning how to grow together through hard things. So over-communicate about all the things, good and bad, light-hearted and heavy-hearted, because your relationship will be better for it long-term. Which leads me into my third recommendation, which is to take the long view. If you can, see this as a moment to learn together. Push through the discomfort you may be feeling in order to learn to work together. Because I assure you, this is not the only hard circumstance that you'll face in your lifetime together. It's simply the first. So when you think about it in that way, when you frame this relatively small moment in time, albeit monumentous, I understand that, but when you place it in the context of the rest of your lives together, please understand that how you're communicating or not communicating how you're choosing or not choosing each other right now is setting up the dynamic and pattern that you'll continue to enact until one or both of you decides to do something different. Until one of you decides that the short-term emotional pain and discomfort 
are far, far easier than the long-term emotional pain and discomfort that come from choosing yourselves, your families of origin, or your individual proclivities and comforts over each other in your upcoming marriage. Does that make sense? So I guess what I'm asking you to consider is why not begin now, taking the long view and doing hard things? Why not make use of this difficult time to move toward oneness as a launch pad for deeper connection and relational growth? And again, not going here to slap a positive spin on it or to move forward before you've processed all of your feelings about it. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is once you've taken the time to grieve, once you've fully communicated with each other, then it's time to take a different perspective and reframe to the degree that you can, while at the same time processing your feelings along the way, but working together to move forward together and to use this as a moment for growth. Fourthly, take each other's feelings, concerns, and desires into consideration before you decide how to move forward. I totally get that there are plan A's and plan B's to be made and an ongoing crisis to stay apprised of. But when plans are made and solutions are arrived upon before everyone involved has felt and said their piece, the plans and solutions you two come up with, or perhaps that you come up with with your wedding planner or parents instead of your spouse, are going to be premature and poor for your relationship at best, and at worst, lead to unspoken guilt or regret, which if not dealt with, can turn into bitterness and resentment later on. And all of this because of a little miscommunication or a little lack of assertiveness or consideration for each other on the front end. And in times of high stress, it's easy to do the easy thing rather than the best thing. And I've worked with so many spouses over the years who have what are called relational injuries, meaning that when hurts arise in the present, that there's some tie to or memory of relational hurts from the past. And some couples will bring up hurts that go all the way back to engagement, to the wedding day and to the honeymoon, because the rituals we engage in around marriage are a big deal. So the degree to which you make the start of your marriage about you as a couple, rather than about what you personally want or what others want from you, is the degree to which you'll remember the start of your marriage as mutually meaningful and pleasantly memorable. So please, listen to each other consider one another, arrive at decisions together, and make sure that around the most important things to each of you, that you're taking each other's feelings, concerns, and desires into account so that you start your marriage off feeling like an emotionally connected unit. And finally, what I would say is to problem-solve creatively and together. I know some couples who've planned for their minister to meet them in their home to marry them on their wedding day if their wedding has to be canceled. Some couples have gone ahead and gotten married so that they can hunker down together during COVID-19. What a memorable and long honeymoon, right? I know of others who've invited their guests to attend over Zoom, who've postponed their weddings to a later date, or who've made plans to go ahead and get married and just hold their wedding reception later. Others have made sure to communicate with their guests saying we're still planning to hold the wedding, but check our wedding website regularly for any updates. And I haven't heard of this one yet, but I'm sure that there have been car parades somewhere in lieu of a reception line. 
there are so many creative solutions, and I can't wait to hear what you guys come up with. But the most important part of your wedding day, in my opinion, is the two of you joining together before God in the later presence, once the shelter in place is lifted, or the potentially online presence of your closest community, the people who are prayerfully and regularly invested in your relationship and marriage. When I got this question, I forwarded it to my mom and sisters for feedback. And my youngest sister, who will be married for five years this year, said, I would encourage couples to navigate this time as a couple and really work through what their priorities are. Do they desire the big day and prioritize that? Or are they willing to change plans, have a smaller living room type ceremony with a reception later? There are no wrong answers to these questions when navigating your priorities, but it must happen. And it's okay to grieve the loss of a big ceremony, and it's also okay to feel relieved or even a little excited at the thought of a more spontaneous option. So thank you, Lonnie, for your thoughtful contribution to this Q&A as well. And that's where I would leave it to you as couples, to understand that this really is your all's decision. And what you all decide as a couple may look different from what your engaged friends decide. And that's perfectly okay, as long as you guys are navigating this together. All right, friends and engaged couples. I hope this has all been normalizing of your experience, but also that it's provided some things to really think about during this time of uncertainty, of course, but also in the larger context of your upcoming marriage. Your action step for today is, if you are engaged, to download the free PDF with questions and discussion starters to help you and your fiancé deepen your communication during COVID-19. You can get that by going to bravemarriage.com slash wedwell COVID-19. I also want to let you all know about my premarital coaching program, Wedwell. I created Wedwell, a faith-based, marriage therapy-informed coaching program for couples, out of my strong desire to see couples do marriage well from the start. What that meant for me was giving couples more than just the right answers about what a Christian marriage should look like but actually giving couples tools and techniques to help them practically live out what they believe. Wedwell includes a premarital couple assessment and a 30-page workbook of Brave Marriage curriculum that we use throughout six premarital and two post-wedding coaching sessions together. Whether you want to learn more about Wedwell, get started yourself, or gift this premarital online coaching program to an engaged couple you know, just visit bravemarriage.com slash wedwell. Again, visit bravemarriage.com slash wedwell to get started, or to get those free discussion questions, visit bravemarriage.com slash wedwell COVID-19. For our good news and gratitudes today, the good news I'd like to share includes hosting a virtual baby shower for my sister Taylor, who is pregnant. So I am looking forward to that next weekend, although that will have already happened by the time this episode airs. And in other good news, I've had friends welcome their new babies into the world. And I know that like all the unknown and uncertainty around a couple's wedding day, that new and expecting parents may be having similar feelings. But there's also just joy inherent in the announcement of new life and in the light that kids bring. Speaking of, over Easter weekend, Evan and I got to deliver Easter baskets to nieces and nephews, to godchildren, and to our friends' kids. 
So it was so fun to receive Easter photos and videos from their parents, and even just to see a few friends and family in real life, but from a distance, don't worry. And for gratitudes today, I'm so, so thankful for you guys. I'm grateful for all the ways that you're showing up for your families and being brave during this time. And I'm grateful that you've invited me into your homes during this confusing time. I really don't take that lightly, and I'd love to hear from you. What good news or gratitudes do you have to share from your life, your family, or neighborhood? Feel free to send me stories, pictures, whatever you'd like so that I can share them with the Brave Marriage community. You're always welcome to email those to kinsey at bravemarriage.com. My prayer for our marriages this week is that the Lord would bring to light the idols of our lives, that through our strong feelings about everything going on and through our words and behaviors, that He would reveal to us the truth of our hearts, that we might turn toward Him and grow closer to Him because of His grace and mercy with us and His kindness and patience toward us. I also pray for the presence of Jesus in our hearts and homes and that the Holy Spirit would do the work that only He can do in the spaces between us. Have a great week, you all, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile 